On today's episode of What the F, I cover a story about two demonic twins. And I cover a story about a little girl's life that was lost too soon. Loading What the F podcast, episode 30. Hi, Fers. Welcome to What the F Podcast. I am Tamara. And I'm Rebecca. How are you? Good. It's Happy birthday. Yes, it's my birthday. It's your birthday. Recording on my birthday. What? What? Yeah. It's your birthday. Yeah. We're going to party like it's your birthday. And record <laughs> like it's my birthday. birthday. And sip seven daughters like it's your birthday <laughs> we like that that 14 bottle of wine uh-huh <laughs> seven dollars seven seven daughters that's what we're we are sipping on yeah it's sip, good sip. Yeah. um and it's also our one year anniversary i can't believe it like, i can't either i was thinking it was coming up i just did not realize it was in I a couple it of was days in april i remember that but i didn't realize it was beginning of april yeah mm-hmm. one year i think we've grown a lot in that time frame and we got more growing yeah. to do more growing to do i mean we've come a long way yeah. since uh the first date from hell story correct that guy <laughs> i wonder if he's out of jail we should look him up oh we should ho- we should do an update oh yeah let's oh, do that that sounds great if we you're listening yeah if you're listening and you want us to do an update on something you let us know if you guys haven't listened to the first episode don't because it's not that great. <laughs> or do, because no. it's crazy. Oh, wait, it might no. make you like, leave what us. the F? Yeah. What the hell are they thinking? Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Well, you'll understand then why we called it What the F if you listen to our beginning episodes. Because mm-hmm. it's really like, what the F am I listening to? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we're, we're doing good. I'm glad we're still going. I, I am too. We're going to keep going. Mm-hmm. Keep going for you guys. Yeah. And we, we love this. Yeah. I think, like, um, I'm excited about recording. Yeah, I do, too. Yeah. And I like it when we interact with our listeners and yeah. get new reviews. Like, I always look to see, like, who's interacting with us yeah, or what us, we're doing. Yeah, review us, guys. Review us and uh, share us with your friends, too. Mm-hmm. If you love us, tell others. And, like, when um, you're in Facebook groups or Reddit groups and they're asking about new true crime podcasts to listen to. Listen up. Yeah, put put us down. I mean, I put us down. When- well, I do too. And then I also I've seen a couple lately. Have- refer, yeah, awesome. It was like local murderino groups. Really, and then, awesome. Um, I think it was wine and crime group, something like oh, that. Okay. They somebody in each group referred us. That is awesome. Yeah, I think okay. that we kind of fit into that. Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, so. We are recording this the day after April Fool's Day, so April 2nd, uh-huh. which is Rebecca's birthday. Yes. A very special day in history. Correct. It was written down <laughs> as the day of all days. Uh. I don't know. <laughs> I was supposed to be born on April Fool's, so. Were you? Yeah. That was, was that your due date? That was my due date. Oh, you were born really close to your due date. I was, and I was born at like three in the morning or something like that. I was that. born like four in the morning. That's so why I'm like, a night owl. I I agree. Yeah. I think that's probably true, too. I was three weeks late, though. Oh, shit. (laughs) We're lucky to have you. That's why I was like a fat baby. A big baby. baby. (laughs) I know. Oh, my God. No, but yeah. Yeah. 
Um, are you doing anything? You didn't do anything fun for your birthday. No. No. Other than this. I mean, this uh, is fun. This is it. I sat all day <laughs> writing and researching this nightmare of a story that I have to tell you today. I know. I know. But it's okay. Like, we did it. I did it because I like to record and I like the release of it and listening to it and, you know. Right. The show. Right. I like the show. It's you fun. You just like, fuck it. It's my birthday. Yeah. yeah. I, I got to go pump it up. Uh, like Stassi. Um, Vanderpump Rules right. when it's her birthday. Going out it's a to Cabo. Holiday. Yeah. And it's my birthday, bitches. It's like crazy. It's my birthday. This can't happen on my birthday. I know. <laughs> if something bad happens on your birthday, you lose it. It's crazy. It is. Anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that we're doing this. I like to see you. It gives me an excuse to see yeah. you guys. So this is good. Exactly. But exactly. yeah, April Fool's was yesterday, which leads what? us to our first What the F what the culture story did you have any april fools done to you no i didn't either thank goodness no i'm glad i am too i really i don't know if i ever had other than maybe like stupid work things or something like that i don't remember that's silly i always wanted something stupid to happen yeah but i'm glad it doesn't my kids will probably pull something up when they're oh i bet they will one of these they definitely will so i'm waiting yeah patiently waiting oh god hopefully it's not like a pregnancy thing yeah no 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 i've seen those yeah i wouldn't do it i would i really would be pissed i did that to red (laughs) (laughs) so you did something this year no not this year i did it our uh, the first year we were dating oh my god and i uh, I mean, we, you know, I don't know. We were new and I just thought it was funny. And so we were driving over to my sister's and I told him, I was like, I'm late. (laughs) I'm late. And then I took a pregnancy test and I'm pregnant. And he was like, oh, my gosh, he was rolling down the windows. You were driving? He was rolling down the windows. He's like, it's getting hot. Shut. (laughs) He was freaking out. It was bad. You did it, that while he was driving. I know. I know. With the way he freaked out, I felt really bad about it. I was just like, I thought it was funny. And yeah. he was not. No. No, 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 no. 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 And um, I understand now that's probably not something to joke about. Everybody I've told since then is like, that is not, not funny. Not yeah, cute. that's not funny. <laughs> you don't do that. Right? When you would never do that on social media. Hell no. I just did that <laughs> for us. Just the two of you. <laughs> yes. Right? Yeah, so that's like the number one thing I see. It's just like don't do the April Fool's I'm pregnant thing because it's offensive. It, well, it it's a lot a lot, of pe- there's a lot of people that are can't trying have to baby. have babies. Yeah. yeah, it's not a joke. No. Or they've lost a baby or something. Or something it's not like a that. thing to joke yeah. about. So Don't do it on social media for sure if you're going to do it. Right. So that leads us to our first what the F yeah, pop culture story. Uh, Justin Bieber and Haley. Baldwin Bieber. Yes. Posted pictures. Like Justin posted a picture of an ultrasound. Right. And people were like, that baby's really big for it to be a especially newborn baby if you or seen, like a new uh, pregnancy. Right. Especially if you've seen Haley recently. She's just skinny right. as usual. And so he puts that out there with no no caption. And right. then Haley's like, oh, that's, you know, not funny. And then he proceeds to continue throughout the day posting pictures of her at the hospital as if she's you know, being examined by a like it takes that long to get examined, right? Like you know, like you, post- uh, you know, it's just a quick, you know, test, right? That's it. I mean, you can they do sometimes do like an ultrasound, and they do sometimes do that just early on, even right. But you know, the whole thing was like the baby was big inside her womb. Right. If that was the 
real picture right. for it to be legitimate. And so anyway, they it's not real. It right. was a hoax. It was an April Fool's joke. And a bad one. It was bad. So people are pretty upset about yeah you just don't joke about yeah it is tacky you don't do that you don't joke about that it's very insensitive right yeah it's not cute as i'm saying this and i did it (laughs) right (laughs) i've learned my i have learned my lesson my lesson (laughs) nobody else was affected by this casualty exactly i did not put it on social media right which i don't put i don't put anything on social media actually you don't no so i'm very private (laughs) But then, so we're speaking of a fake baby, but there actually is a real baby that someone's expecting. Uh, Lauren Conrad and her husband, William Tell, are expecting their second baby. William Tell. William Tell. Is he a writer or a poet? Musician. That name is. (laughs) I guess he's kind of like a a writer and a poet then. Okay, well, there you go. He, He fits the name. Exactly. I'm, I'm thinking William Tell, isn't he like a poet? I, I have no idea. I'm thinking old timey. It's like making us like uh, have to go back in history and yeah. think about that. Miss that. It, you know, Pens- yeah. Pennsylvania. <laughs> <laughs> That's William Penn. I'm getting it all like, God. And like now He's like Williams. everyone's like, gosh, she's so stupid. These Williams. And, oh my gosh. Okay. So we're just in it. Wasn't William Tell like. He was a, maybe he was a horseback rider. I don't know. I know. Somebody tell us who William Tell is. Okay. Uh, okay. Let's just stop that. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> Wendy Williams. We have an update on her since we've since we've started talking about her. I feel like then we just need to keep on with this I mean, ridiculous she's just story every week, every fucking week. So last week she was. Um, so she's been living in a sober living house now. In a sober living house. Yeah, she's been in a sober living house. It's a house. It's an. It's not her house. Mm-mm. Okay. No, she's living. She said she's living with. Um, What'd she say? Messy boys. Messy boys or something okay. like that. She said messy or nasty boys, something like that. Okay. And um, so anyway, she was she left the sober living and she was found drunk and they had to rush her to the hospital. No, that's not drunk. That's past drunk. Yeah, that's way past drunk. Okay. They have to do that. Um, it comes to find out that that same day her husband's mistress had a baby. Oh my. Yeah. So she was not happy with that. No. I wouldn't be either. It's devastating. I mean, and oh, especially man. he keeps on going on with her. And um, there was pictures recently leaked to the press of them on a holiday together, which has to be leaked by them, you know? Right. It, it was personal pictures and stuff. Like they're rubbing it in her face. Exactly. That's it kind of seems like and sort of seems like he wanted her to be in the sober living house so she's away yeah so he can enjoy his girlfriend and the new baby oh god you know it's really is she not know. divorced yet she's not even gonna get a divorce she's still standing by him and saying Winnie williams she's saying all this stuff isn't true i'm so confused that yeah, is just she's saying these are just rumors and all this stuff isn't true where there's smoke, there's fire, hun. You That's know, interesting. There's got to be reasons. I mean, there's pictures of them together on a on a Wendy holiday. Williams? No, her the husband oh, yeah. and the girlfriend. I know, but I'm saying it's got to be reasons why Wendy is standing by him. I think it's kind of like an abusive situation. Okay, That's what I think. I think he has total control over her and it's kind of like brainwashed. That's what I think. Ugh. And she just depends on him. She has no friends, really, you know. Well, how can she have friends when she's so hateful to people? I think she's hateful because she hates her life. It's yeah. miserable. 
Yeah. I don't, you know. Oh, Wendy, come I know. on. Get it, come on. Get it together. Leave. Please go get help. Leave the guy. You tell you tell a woman all the time on your show when they're cheating to leave. And you need to take your own advice. I agree. And fucking leave. Correct. Yes. So, yeah. So, there's that. Um, <laughs> we also have then some crazy statements that Barbara Streisand made. Oh, God. Made. Barbara. So, then this is also... Part of our ongoing story about the Leaving Neverland documentary. Yes, Michael Jackson. And there just continues to be more fallout from it. Yeah, so Barbara Streisand says, um, you can say that they were molested, but those children, as you heard them say, were thrilled to be there. They were, they're both married and they both have children, so it didn't kill them. Are you? Wow. Wow. Yeah. And so she then continues to say that Michael Jackson was very sweet. He was very childlike. And, um, I, it's, uh, yeah, awful. She says his sexual needs were his sexual needs and coming from whatever childhood he has or whatever DNA he has. She feels bad for the children. She feels bad for them. That's just, I mean, that's just her total acceptance of it. It's just saying his yeah. sexual needs are his sexual needs. Are you kidding me? That's, his sexual needs, he likes children. He needed. That's disgusting. It's never okay. No. It is never okay. No. So it makes me wonder, like, I really liked Barbara Streisand. <laughs> so it really bother, it was, bothers me yeah. that I have to even have this conversation. It's weird. I was just really shocked when yeah. I saw that she had said that. Yes. It you makes know? me feel like there's there's got to be a culture within the- Hollywood. Exactly. Which we know there to be. Yes. That it's normalized behavior yeah. for men to um, yeah. get yeah. what they want. There's a, Whether boys true. or girls at this point. I mean, obviously- Pedophilia is so prominent that it is just how you do things, and that. So I think like it's almost obviously she feels like it's accepted enough where she can make comments like this. Correct, it's normalized. Yeah, where she thinks like other people agree with her statements because she would not have. So and so she like the next day her PR people got on her and she apologized for the statements and she said she didn't mean it like that, but the damage is done. I mean, words are words. Yeah. They can't mean much more th- much further away from what you say they I mean, are. How like, inappropriate. You can't take that another way. No. I mean, no, there's no other way to take it other than what she said. Exactly. Exactly. And so she's just really um, discounting what the guy said, you know, trying to make it seem like they're hurt. It just further. Isn't real. It, it, well, it further and, abuses the people who, yeah. are, you know. They come forward. And exactly. also even other people who want to come forward. Correct. And then they see, well. My, you know, it's not going to be taken seriously or anything like that and just mm-hmm. discounted. Why well, put myself on the line? Yeah, like, why even more do that? I, yeah. Yeah. You know, Barbara Streisand is saying, you know, it's nothing. How dare she? Yeah, that's just awful. Not good, Babs. Do better. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So then there's someone else who um, someone is very upset with. So Ginger Spice, Jerry Hollow. Mm. Uh, she is upset with Mel B because Mel B went on a talk show and said that she had had sex with Jerry during the height of the Spice Girls. Where would that even come from? Like, why would she? I wonder, like, was this in 
How do you just announce that? You know, um, was it in, was there it's a question been rumors, asked? It's been rumors for a long time that they did. And I don't know where that, <laughs> bless you. Thank you. I don't know where that came from, but there were rumors. And so the. She just kind of confirmed, yes, we yeah, had sex. And the then height of so our career. she said, we had sex. I hope Jerry acknowledges this if she's asked about it too. And she, and she goes, this is something she shouldn't be ashamed about. It was all a bit of fun. And yeah, I find that to be really. I, I agree. She should not be offended or she should not be ashamed of who, what she did. But it's also but it's, like, who tells you not to be offended? <laughs> like, that's my business. No, I wasn't ready to private. share that. Exactly. It's private. Right. Exactly. Like, she shared something that someone else wasn't ready to share. Exactly. Like, you know, uh, you know, just. And just because it happened doesn't mean that she actually, like, didn't think about it and regret it later. True. Like, there's so many things that go into that for, right. for Mel B to be like, oh, come on, we did have sex, get over it, tell about it. Is, it is, it's just like, just acknowledge it and stuff. And I just don't understand even why, after so many years, would you even say it? To it's get, just for attention. Exactly, that's it. It's just for attention. And Money, so, maybe. Uh, I mean, I think attention. I think Mel B just likes attention. Yeah. And I think she says stuff to shock. And there's just no reason why... To oh, say that, especially if someone's a good friend of yours or, you know. Right. It's private. So anyway, Jerry is saying all that is untrue. Mm-hmm. She's really hurt by it. Mm-hmm. Uh, she said, like, the rumors, I guess they came out in Mother's Day over in Britain. Oh, and Lord. so she said it was, you know, Horrible. really hurtful to it have was that my come Mother's out on Day. Mother's Day. My Mother's Day <laughs> was affected. But she did say, though, that she's still excited to be doing the reunion okay. with the girls so the reunion's not off because of this okay which it could have been in jeopardy well she's not gonna it. lose that money true i mean they have contracts and stuff you Correct. know like she she's kind of stuck I, yeah so she's saying it's not true mel B's saying it is true it also brings publicity to the spice girls it again does. it brings re-enlightenment to the fucking tour we're talking about it or whatever is it a show or a tour it's a tour okay mm-hmm. so which we've mentioned before right yeah Yes. <laughs> it hasn't happened yet. No, no. But. but which I would like to go see, but I okay. won't be over there this oh, summer. Okay, okay, okay. We so should be. We should. We should we should go take the show there on the road. Yeah. And then go see Spice Girls. Yes. <laughs> Spice up our wives. Zigga zig ah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we have uh sad news. Oh yes. Uh rapper Nipsey Hussle was shot in front of his store, Marathon Clothing. Mm-hmm. Um, on Saturday. It was on um, March 31st. Mm-hmm. He was. So probably when this comes out, there might be more info. Sorry. Yeah. Um, and so he was shot by Eric Holder, and it was uh, personal issues. Correct. They are having. Um, Nipsey's been in a six-year-long relationship with Lauren London. She's an actress. She's on ATL. No relation to Tamara London. No, no relation to me. Or I could lie and be like, yes. Yes, it's my sister. That's my sister. It's actually my code name. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, yeah, and he was known for doing good in the community, and he was actually going to speak about anti-violence, anti-gang violence, right? 
you know, a couple of days later. And right. So he was really. It's sad. A lot of yeah. people are really upset about it and stuff. And it's sad to see that happen. And it's sad to see that people are handling personal issues where it's taken so far to get a gun. God. somebody. Uh, I mean, we hear about away. this all the time. We even talk about it all the time. I but, know. Oh, man. It's just really sad, though. And um, the guy was arrested a day later, two days later, a day later, something like that. Right. And so he's not going to get, get away, away from with it. it and now know? he's hated a lot. Yeah, and he's going to be serving a long time for it. Correct. You know? Not cute. And Stupid. people in jail, I'm sure, are really pissed off. Yep. Oh, uh-huh. man. Yep. Yep. He's not going to be. He'll get his dues. Yes. Yes. So that is our pop culture. Pop culture. <laughs> pop culture. <laughs> For the week. Um, then we're going to get into our sad stories. Yeah, we're going to tell the true crime. We're going to get into the true crime part of our show. Yes, the, the part you guys have all been waiting for. Yes, the Patiently. horrifying. I know yeah. I say that a lot, but it is. It really is. You know, um, the story I have today, I found disturbing uh i actually watched it on dateline a couple years ago with my sister and me and her after we watched it we were just like this is so freaking uh, disturbing good <laughs> that sounds bad good. okay so if you're uh, be ready yeah be ready okay so this is the death of nikki whitehead and this is in uh, Conyers, Georgia, and it happened on January 13th, 23rd, excuse me, January 13th, 2010. Conyers is the only city in Rockdale County, Georgia, and it is 24 miles east of Atlanta. The 2010 census said that it had a population of 15,195. So it's just a suburb of Atlanta. Okay. A lot of people that work in Atlanta live there. Okay. So, Jarmika Yvonne Nikki Whitehead, so she goes by, she went by Nikki. That's her whole name. That's her whole name. Okay. Was born April 18th, 1975. An Aries. Another Aries. Nikki was a 34-year-old hairstylist and mother to twin teen girls. Nikki was described as pure joy, very pretty, mm-hmm. very pretty. Um, she made everything a celebration. Uh, life of the party. She was happy. She was really funny. Positive lady. Um, just everybody loved her. And Nikki was mainly raised by her grandmother, Della Frazier, Frazier, because her mother was overwhelmed with life and her other children. She also had been in prison, her mother. Mm. So, in fact, Nikki was born in prison. While her mother was serving time for a drug sentence. Yeah. Yeah. Nikki loved living with her grandmother because she had a lot of freedom. In her teens, Nikki was described as a wild child. She partied a lot. She skipped school. She smoked weed. Had older boyfriends. She was, as they say, fast. (laughs) She was fast. She was fast. She grew up too quickly. Her grandmother couldn't control her. And at age 17, Nikki gave birth to identical twin girls. She didn't know she was pregnant with twins. She just thought she was having one baby girl. Sure. Because um, the other 
was hiding. Girl was hiding. Uh-huh. Okay, so she was checked and it showed. Yeah, so then when she had a baby, she's like, had one, and then another one came <laughs> afterwards. So she named the twins Jasmia Kanisha Whitehead and Tasmia Janisha Whitehead. Okay. No, she's Very not screaming that out. Names. She is not screaming those names out after each other. Uh, no. No. So they went by Jazz and Taz. Okay. And they were born on November 27, 1993, my sister's birthday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they called the girls Taz and Jazz. Nikki continued living with her grandmother, the girls' great-grandmother. And there are accounts that Nikki was in and out of the girls' lives until they were about 13. Nikki wanted to be more responsible and have the girls without the help of her grandmother. And so everybody in the family is really supportive of this decision for her to take them on on her own. So Nikki had, um, during that time, become a hairstylist. And in 2000, she had met an older man named Robert Head. He was around 55 years old. And she was how old? She was 25 when she met him. Okay. Yes. He was old enough to be her father. Mm-hmm. Robert said that he met Nikki at a mall, and he just said he was just instantly taken by her beauty. Oh, God. <laughs> what was he doing at the mall? I don't know. Fucker. He was just, like, sitting There's an age. Her? There's an age you don't like going to the mall. There is an age where you're like... <laughs> he still has a shop. Well, I what don't like him. Clothes? I don't like him already. <laughs> <laughs> go online. That's so oh, funny. That's, uh, so funny. He'll go online and just meet a younger girl. Gross. Maybe he just that's just what he was into. I guess it was before the internet like that. Maybe. Oh, true. Okay, whatever. AOL was. I'm going, judging. AOL I'm judging. was going strong. It was in popping. 2000, it was so popping strong. It was. <laughs> so that he met her, and then that same day he asked her out to dinner. Uh huh. And so she agreed, and they had a great dinner, and. From then on, they were together. Man. Yeah. And so Robert was absolutely crazy about Nikki. He called her his movie star. Mm. And he did anything for her. He bought her everything she wanted. Okay. Anything that would make her happy. He just uh-huh. wanted her to be happy. Which is which is fun for the person receiving. Absolutely. Nikki probably just loved it. It's the know? first time I'm sure she's experienced that Oh, yeah, kind of a, 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 sugar, a sugar daddy. Exactly. You know? Yeah, yeah I'm I'm sure, you know? Mm-hmm. And especially, she was just 25. Yeah. And, you know? I want the things. Yeah. And he loved Taz and Jazz as if they were his own children. And so quickly after meeting, Nikki and the twins moved into Robert's house. It was in a gated community in Conyers, Georgia. So Nikki felt that she could finally give the girls the family life she had always wanted. Mm-hmm. And so at this time, Nikki also enrolled in college to study fashion design. So she was a hairstylist and then also doing fashion uh, classes. Her instructors loved her positive spirit, and that positivity was spread to her family too. Nikki spoiled her girls. They took dance and singing lessons. Oh. Yeah, they. Um, she. So she actually like did took the money and used it for her kids. Yeah, she anything they wanted, they got. She wanted them to have a really happy childhood, and she didn't want them to want for For anything. anything. Yeah. Yeah. And give them everything that she wasn't able to have as Mm -hmm. a kid. So that's how she's raising them. And then she is also raising them in a not very strict home. 
Okay. So they have lots of... They have lots of freedom. But the girls were really good girls. Mm -hmm. Like she didn't have any problems with them. They did really well in school. They were honor roll students. They had hopes of going to Harvard. Wow. Very, very, very smart girls. Straight A's. Um, Teachers had glowing remarks about them that they were angelic and... Just good girls. Good girls. That's great. And the twins were also very close. They had a really close bond. They were always together. Almost seemed like they had a secret language. That sometimes you hear about twins and how they have a different connection than mm-hmm. normal. You know? That'd be so cool. I know. That's what I thought too. I want a sister like that. I'm really close with my sister. Yeah, and, you are. Um, it's it's probably not as close as twins, but we're super close. Yeah, I you know? agree with that. So, um, yeah, not but see. So imagine me and my sister. How close we are? Even closer. And they're like super, super like a mm-hmm. hundred times mm-hmm. closer. And so they were always whispering in each other's ears also. Like always had like a little secrets between them. Yeah. Whatever. And so it's not really clear at this time because um, if the great-grandmother still had custody and if Nikki was just able to keep them sometimes because... So you're not sure if she had them full-time? Not yet. Okay. Yeah. So uh, we'll go into then... Um, Nikki's murder. So Nikki was found dead on mm. January 13, 2010. So her twins had come home from school and they saw a trail of blood that led to the master main bathroom. And in there, Nikki was lying face up in a tub filled with water. And the girls mm. immediately ran out of the house. I mean, after seeing their blood and seeing their mm-hmm. mom. Oh, yeah. And so just um, so happened, Deputy Deputy Alvin Irwin was sitting in his patrol car canvassing the neighborhood. So he was just sitting out a few houses down. In the gated community? Uh-huh. Uh, I guess. Oh, yeah. I guess so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Extra yeah. security. Okay. Oh, of course. Yeah. Mm, that makes sense. <laughs> and so one of the twin, twins ran to his car and started banging on his window and yelling, my mom, my mom, my mom's dead. I We need help. So he goes into the house, and there's just a very bloody scene. There was blood in the doorway. It was splattered on the walls. Uh, in the bathroom? No, this is – no, in the doorway of the house. Oh, so my. you enter the home, and there's blood. Oh, my God. And there's blood on – there's actually blood on the front door. There's blood all on the walls. Nikki had braids at that time, and they said that you could see, like, uh, an imprint of the – blood from the braids on the wall <gasps> showing yeah so it was like splattered there like where she had hit her yeah. head yeah against the wall um and so the it looked as if nikki had been dragged into the bathroom because you could see like drag marks and stuff of blood and it was just gruesome very very bloody scene and then uh, the officer found her in the tub and with water filled, but they could tell that she had been dead before she's put in the water because the the water wasn't bloody. So the blood had just stopped mm-hmm. right. running. I had coagulated. <laughs> no, it's I don't avoid them. <laughs> <laughs> we said that on time. <laughs> and it was uh, very clear that it was a long, drawn-out murder. Mm. Nikki had fought for her life. She had been stabbed over 80 times. What the fuck? Yeah. 80 fucking times. 
and her spinal cord was almost severed. Oh, my God. Yeah. And so with the amount of stabbings, uh, the stabs that she received, it was immediately clear that it was a crime of passion. Passion, yeah. Yeah. A random person usually doesn't stab someone that many times. Or take that long at a crime scene. No, right. um, Because the police also saw signs of a cleanup. Right. And they said... Oh, she was put in the tub. Yeah, right. And they said the sink were, you know, clean. They could tell things had been wiped off, other areas. Obviously, she was put in the blood... I put in the tub to get rid of evidence, DNA evidence on her. which is thought through. Yeah, so somebody knew they had uh, enough time before anyone would get back home. So -hmm. they obviously are very familiar with the family. Correct. You know. And the schedules and stuff. Exactly. And so the murderer knew, had to have known Nikki. And so the first person the police look into is Nikki's boyfriend, Robert. Of course, Mm -hmm. that's the first person they always. And this is his home. This is his home. Right. Yes. So the twins said that Robert had left the home the day before. And he was a long distance truck driver. So he had left to go on a job. Okay. And the girls did not believe that Robert committed the murder. One of the officers said that one of the twins said, I know he did it. And when asked who she was referring to, the twins said, Joe. And they asked who Joe was. And they said, she said, well, my mom's boyfriend. So, yes, Nikki had another boyfriend. I was like, what? His Robert doesn't make sense with Joe. Right. Oh, my God. She was cheating. Well, so Nikki had a boyfriend named Joe Carter. And the girls said they overheard a fight their mother had with him the night before on the phone. Oh. She was yelling and telling him that he couldn't come over. And they said that's all they really got out of the conversation. Yeah. She's like, you can't come over here. And so the police went to Joe's Barbershop, which was next door to Nikki's salon. Okay. Oh, yeah. And they said they told Joe, and he was just devastated when he heard the news. They said he immediately cried. And the officer said just by that reaction, it seemed like he He didn't know about the murder. Yeah. But criminals are good liars. Yeah. And so they checked his body for any scratches or bruises. They didn't find any. Joe even took and passed a polygraph. Okay. Yeah, he wanted to be as helpful as possible so that the police could rule him out and find the real killer. So Joe explained that the phone call was so heated because they were breaking up. The police were able to locate Robert and they checked his GPS and he was a full day away from Conyers. Okay. Yes. And also Robert explained that he had an unusual arrangement with Nikki. She was allowed to date people when he was away. Okay. So he knew about Joe. And he said he wanted her to be happy. God, what an what amazing guy. <laughs> he just want anything. Any, you know, like, I find him. Wait. Wait. I know he's single now. Okay, sorry. It was bad. Um, she, it was fine for her to see people when he was away, but yeah. then when he was in town, she had to be with him. Yeah. Yeah. So that was their arrangement. They'd had it for years. It worked for them. Sure. Yeah. And so with that information, then the police are able to rule out then 
a love triangle because they were thinking, well, maybe one of them got jealous Mm -hmm. about it. And so they were able to rule that out since both the guys she's seen. Knew about each other. Yeah, knew about each other. So the police began looking into the family dynamics and they decided to question Taz and Jazz and see what or if anything they knew. And on the ride to the police station, the girls were very upset. Obviously, their mother had just been murdered. You know, um, the twins had began self-mutilating in their early teens. And Taz was biting her arm in the police car. Um, and the twin explained. Um, I, I, <laughs> I'm not okay Yeah, with she this. was like biting her arm. I'm not okay with this. The twin explained that I do that when I'm upset. No, no. It's no, a coping mechanism. No, you don't. Yeah. No, you don't. Well, of course you do. Like you do? When you get upset, don't you bite your arm? Stop it. <laughs> I hate her. <laughs> oh, wait, I should stop. Yeah. I don't know anything about so, this. So, yeah, you got to wait. There's there's twists and turns. And then in the <laughs> interrogation room, the girls can be seen on video comforting each other with hugs and kisses. They were heard saying, I want mama. I want grandma. How old are they? 16. 16. Okay. We have to be strong so they can find the real person who killed Mama. And so they were seen praying on camera to find the killer. The officers felt compassion. They really hoped that someone in their family would be able to adopt the girls and give them the love and support needed to get through this. Yeah. The girls said that they didn't see their mother that morning. So they said they woke up late. They went to say goodbye to their mom in her bedroom. They knocked on the door, but it was locked. And since they were late, they needed to hurry up and get out of the house. Sure. They said they missed the bus, so they walked to school. And they said that they arrived at school about 10 minutes late. So the officers began looking into their story. They immediately found that the girls had not been honest about when they went to school. They checked security cameras in the neighborhood and at the high school. The girls were seen hitching a ride to school, not walking. Okay. And they arrived at school around 1030. Oh. Not 730. This shit is documented. Yeah. This shit is documented. Right. Yeah. But they just left out that they were hitching a ride. And that they were late. Yeah, you know. They were a little time. Is they said 10 minutes, 10.30. Sure, you know, sure, sure. They're teens. You yeah. Know, whatever. They so, had a great loss. Yeah. Right. They're just all scrambled in the head. So officers noted that the girls lacked empathy. They said that they were fake crying. There were no tears. They were just acting like they hadn't lost their mother. And they could tell that they were putting on an act for the cameras. They saw one of the teens look straight at the camera and then go into a prayer. Oh, my gosh. She's finding it in the yeah. room. Yeah. And that's why, yeah, they're saying stuff to each other. And they checked the girls' bodies. Each of them were wearing gloves at the time when they were in the interrogation room. What? Well, it was January. Okay. The weather was cool. I mean, I know it's Georgia and all, but, you know, it was... Oh, my God. It was cool. It's probably cold in the station. Sure. So they asked them to take off their gloves. Take them off. And underneath, they had bruised knuckles. So they asked them what, what happened. They said, well, we had a fight with each other. 
we fought with each other the day before. Sometimes we have, you know. Fist down fights. Yeah. yeah. Knock down fights. Sometimes yeah. we do. You know, we're twins. We love hard. We hate Play hard. Play hard, right? Yeah. <laughs> so they said that. They had scratches on their bodies and also bite marks. God damn it. And one officer asked them, is there anything he could do to help them? They asked if they could watch CSI. What? They yeah. had to get some last minute uh, they need to, yeah, updates. They, uh, some, some tips. tips. Yeah. yeah. They were like, how do we get through an interrogation? Yeah. Yeah. So the officer said he was just blown away when they said that. Did they get to watch it? That I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we need to get the real answers I need to here. know what episode they watched. Know. Right. Yeah. They're like, especially one on like teens murdering yeah. a parent. I really need to see an need episode. need to see that one. Yes. Yeah. Especially one where they get away with it. Yeah. And so. Especially one. <laughs> especially. So. They had turned from very sweet girls to very argumentative the more the police questioned them and the more it seemed like the police weren't buying their story. Mm-hmm. And they started describing their mother negatively, saying, you know, how mean she was to them and that she didn't love them. Mm, okay. And the police found evidence of ongoing conflicts with the teen and their mother with the teens and their mother. So they weren't this angelic team. Yeah. Could it be possible that two sweet girls murdered their mom? Totally. So they start going through records and looking at things. And so they found in 2007, Nikki requested to regain custody of the girls. And it was granted. Because remember, the great-grandmother had them. And Nikki had seen that. Her grandmother was not able to watch the girls properly. Taz and Jazz were now teens, and Nikki didn't want them going down the same path that she did. The girls were now 13 and beginning to be wild. They had started skipping school, which they once loved school and were doing Mm so well in school. They had older boyfriends, like around 19 years old. No, that's not cute. No. Nikki put her foot down and laid down the law. She would take their cell phones away when they didn't follow the rules. Mm -hmm. Nikki kept an eye on their phones, their friends, and school. The twins hated this. Mm -hmm. They desperately wanted to go back to their grandmothers. They were determined to make Nikki's life a living hell until they got their way. Good God. Yeah. I don't need you. No, I need freedom. 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 I've done this my whole life. Yeah. Know what I'm doing. Yeah, and they... Felt that Nikki doing this was um, being very hypocritical because she did all this. Exactly. You, you know, got to do this stuff. Right. And now you're getting on us about it. Yeah. Well, you know, and then also you've given us so much freedom. Yeah. And now you want to be a mom. Mm-hmm. You know, now you want to lay down the law. Right. Yeah. Where have you been? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Other than the, where she was trying to be loving and Mm -hmm. let them do whatever they wanted and supportive you know but then also by doing that you get these girls sure you know girls that were always able to do whatever they wanted exactly and they Mm -hmm. had whatever they wanted they had name brand things labeled things yeah yeah so nikki was also determined though she loved those girls she wanted the best for them Nikki wanted them to have the life she didn't have. 
and the girls began acting out. Her angels had turned to demons. Nikki literally believed that they were possessed by demons. Oh, yeah. my God. Which is really funny because when she was, uh, when I was watching this, I was like, they're so demonic. And then when they said that, yeah, uh. she said their energy was just dark and she didn't, she couldn't explain how they were good and then just turned so evil right. almost overnight. Were, you, were there like complete narcissistic people? Yeah. And you're like. That's what how happened? I feel about a narcissist. Yes, honestly. Uh, it, uh, it's uh-huh. like you have to be part of, part demon to be able to go from one extreme to the other. I think there is like an, a very evil energy that comes over people, mm-hmm. you know, and you can call it demonic, you can call it whatever, but I do think there is like an evil, mm-hmm. an evil, and especially with all the crimes and stuff we talk about, mm-hmm. I do feel like there is something evil to that yeah. evil, yeah. yeah. And so Nikki actually sought out the advice of a pastor, and but nothing came of it. She wanted to have an exorcism, actually. Jesus. I know. She was really, yeah. But that's not very common, and it's very hard to find people to tra- train to do that. So right. nothing happened. Life just continued on as it had been just held for Nikki. One day after Nikki had taken away their phones, one of the girls got upset and there became an altercation between her and Nikki and then the other twin also. So Nikki called the cops mm-hmm. and uh, officer. Officer, no name. Officer, I know her first name, Myra. Okay. I might, fight, I might see it in my notes. Sorry, here it is. Myra Scrubs. Okay. Um, came. And she was able to talk with the girls, talk with Nikki. Nikki explained the altercation. The girls, totally different story. You know, nothing happened. Sure. You know, she was upset with us. You know, we we haven't done anything. We're just good kids. Right. And so this officer sees in front of her these pretty girls. They. Well-spoken. Yeah. Well-dressed. Right. She said that she went into their bedroom. She said everything was so nice. She said she could see the nice clothes, the Mm -hmm. shoes, everything. Um, And the girls were just being so sweet. There's no way they could have. Right. Yeah. Mom's overreacting. Yes. Yes. And so the officer, though, felt that the girls weren't being honest. She did feel that. Okay. Um, She said she could feel the negativity. Mm -hmm. And... The disgenuine nature of a yes. narcissist. Yeah. And so they just said then that they were going to, you know, get along with their mom. And so the officer left. But something told her, stay in your car. So she just stayed outside the house okay. in the car because she felt something is going to happen. Okay. And this is in 2007? Yes. I believe yeah. so. This yeah, all yeah, in yeah. 2007 or ish. maybe a little-ish. Okay. Yeah. 2007, 2008, sure. And so then what something did happen. One of the girls knocked on Nikki's door and Nikki let her in. The daughter shut the door behind her and locked it and then started beating on Nikki. What? Yes. Oh my god. And then the other twin knocks on the door and says, "Mom, let me in. I'm I'll help you." And so Nikki somehow is able to get to the door, opens it, Let's beat her up. And she, they both just double team her. I'm sorry. I would put her in jail. I put him in jail. Yeah. 
Like, I mean, I like, what a nightmare. It is, isn't it? Mm-mm. So Nikki was able to call the cops because she, she still had a phone in her hand. And so she was able to call the cops. She's running out of the home. And then uh, the officer, Myra Scrubs, sees her and um, comes to her, you know. And mm-hmm. the girls are running after her. And so when they see the officer, then they change again, like sweet oh, little girls. Oh, yeah, mom's sexy crazy. They go, mom's beating, beating on us. Yeah. Mom was hitting us. Mom was saying, calling us names and that she didn't like us. Mm -hmm. And the officer could see the scratches on the mom's neck and her chest. Mm -hmm. And so she knew the girls were lying. So she she took the girls down to (sighs) the police station. So because of that, they had to go to court. Nikki was hoping that the judge would order Taz and Jazz to just follow her rules. She said that she didn't want them in her home if they were going to continue being disrespectful. And the twins told the judge that Nikki was a drug addict and didn't love them. The judge believed the girls. Because you have again these innocent looking girls in Mm -hmm. front of him. And they're saying all this about their mom. Who has history. Yeah. Mm. Right. And the judge just couldn't believe that they were these demonic children, as Nikki described. So he gave custody back to their 81-year-old great-grandma. Oh, shit. The girls were ecstatic. And Nikki felt like a failure. And the girls living with their grandmother, Della, Della, the great-grandmother, the girls started hanging out at all hours with their older boyfriends, partying, smoking weed, drinking, and skipping school. They were just out of control, and the grandmother just couldn't handle it. So in January January 5th, 2010, Nikki regained custody of Taz and Jazz. And it was to be custody for two weeks to see how things went. Nikki had no clue that just a week later she'd be murdered. God damn. I know. Ugh. And Nikki was so happy to have her girls back. She even threw a welcome home party for them. She was trying. Yeah. She was trying. Taz and Jazz were angry that they had to go back to their mothers. And they begged the judge to let them continue living with their great-grandma. Jazz said in court to Nikki, if I got to go back home with you, I'll kill you. In court? Yes, she said that in court. She yelled that to her mom. (sighs) No one took the threat seriously because teens can be so dramatic. And so Nikki threw a welcome home party for them. And the family found out that the cops were called that night, later that night after the party. Because the girls had already started. That is awful. Right. Like I'm struggling to speak about this. I know. It's not good. No. So officers knew the girls killed their mother. But they needed DNA proof. They had to wait for that. So meanwhile, the girls attended their mother's funeral. They were with their boyfriends, laughing and snickering. Their uncle got pissed when he saw this. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, and this is uh, Nikki's brother. And he yelled at them. He was like, what are you laughing at? And he goes, what did you do to my sister? And he's just yelling and going off. And they had to take him away from the funeral. I believe that. Yeah, Yeah, I do too. And I would be pissed at them too they probably have to hold me back (sighs) yeah 
So the girls continued with business as usual. They even attended their prom. Nice. Mm Mm-hmm. They knew they got away with murder. Well, on the last day of school, May 21st, 2010, Taz and Jazz were arrested while at school. The police were worried the girls were going to go out of the country. So I don't know if they had information or something like that. So the girls had such an attitude. They were so upset and angry when cops got them. Mm -hmm. They have footage from the cop car. And the girls are going off on the cops. The cops are like out of the car. Um, They go, they ain't got shit evidence. Did you find a murder weapon with my fingerprints on it? These fucking dumbass cops did this bullshit. Oh, yes. Yes. They planted all of this. 80 fucking stabs. Yeah. That is... Overkill. Crazy. Overkill. Like, that is some fucking rage. I mean... I mean, really? What causes that? I don't know. I don't want to know. I know. I don't know. I mean, Nikki was just doing her best. What she's supposed to do. Right. Yeah, doing yeah, doing the best she can. Um, the police found a journal that the girls would write notes to each other, like back and forth. Mm-hmm. So one of the notes in there said, "She don't care. She's selfish. We got to get rid of her." And then there was a reply, "That's what I think. Also, she got to go ASAP." Mm-mm. So that showed premeditation. Sure. Taz and Jazz were charged with felony murder and assault. They both pled not guilty. And it wasn't until four years later, in January 2014, when they asked for a plea deal. And they said they'd give their account of what happened. So this is the girl's story. Okay. Taz and Jazz said that Nikki was upset that morning because they woke up late. The girls had stayed up until 2 or 3 in the morning, and they wanted to sleep in. They didn't want to go to school. Nikki made them get up. So they get into the kitchen, and Nikki begins calling the girls' names, like slut, whore, stupid. Oh, Nikki, did she? No. No. She did not. No. I believe that she was upset that they were sure. late. And something happened after that. Yeah. But this other shit, yeah. So they said she took a pot. And said, we all going to die today. <gasps> and began hitting Jazz. Mm. Taz took the pot away from Nikki. Nikki got a knife then. And that's how Taz got a cut on her finger. Okay. Just a little cut. Nikki got 80 stab wounds. But right. you got one little cut on your sure. finger. So then they tumbled and struggled from room to room. Jazz stabbed Nikki first. They were able to get the knife from her. Then the twins just overpowered Nikki, and both of them weren't sure how many times they ended up stabbing. Just her. on and on, I yeah. switched the knife, switching on back and, and forth. You can, yeah. And one of the twins thought that she had just stabbed her in the stomach, but it was all over. Nikki had stabs to her head, her stomach, her oh, arms, fuck. her legs. She was butchered. The girls say that Nikki was still alive, and she said she was cold. So they put her in a warm bath to soothe her. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, so they drug her to the bath. Right. And they said, but Nikki was still making threats. She uh, said, either you kill me or I'll kill y'all. She said this in the bathtub. Mm-hmm. And they said then that she just slowly died after that. As if that gives them any kind of 
yeah, they're uh, all of this. They're trying to take. They're trying to make it sound like it wasn't that bad. Yeah, like they're fighting for their lives because Nikki was going to kill them. I don't think Nikki could kill two two teens that were just about her size. No. So evidence showed Nikki was hit, stabbed, and choked. Ugh. And there's also evidence that showed that morning that Nikki was able to escape the house, but she was pulled back in by the girls. There's a blood trail. Ah. Blood evidence showed a trail leading to a neighbor's house. <gasps> All the way? All the way. Is this happening outside? All the way. The neighbor heard the doorbell and yelling, but the neighbor was in bed and didn't get up and answer the door. I always look outside. Gosh, I mean. I always look outside. Have you heard yelling? I get up and look. Yeah, it was a next door neighbor. I want to know what's going on. Gosh. So the sentence, Taz and Jazz took the plea deal for a lesser charge of voluntary manslaughter. They got 30 years each. And because they're juveniles, that's why they're not going to be like locked away for their whole life. They can't do that. That kind of hate doesn't go away. No. I mean, this, I mean, society is like they'll be in their 40s i know late 40s when they get out the twins are incarcerated at separate prisons at the georgia department of corrections tasmia is serving her sentence at pulaski state prison and jasmia is serving her sentence at arendelle state prison they were eligible for parole in 2017 as of the year 2015 arendelle state prison hosted its first ever charter high school graduation and Jazz had received her high school diploma. She was also the class valedictorian. She also graduated as the class valedictorian of the Central Georgia Technical College in computer technology and customer service. From prison? Yep. And then on January 28, 2019, Arendelle State Prison hosted its first ever Life University College graduation. And Jazz received her Associates of Arts in Positive Human Development and Social Change. Oh, shut up. She graduated summa cum laude and she will begin her Bachelor's of Science in Psychology in the fall. Oh, to give her more yeah, ammo. Yeah, just, I mean, come on. To more to go with. Not, I'm not saying you shouldn't give, but I'm saying there are certain. I mean, they're just living the, their life, though. It's her degree, like, she should not be allowed to get that degree. It's just crazy. I can't stand her. I know. And Tasmia has been a gifted teacher at Pulaski State Prison and is now a student at the Ashland University degree program. She's obtaining her degree in business, art, and communication. And there is video footage of their grandmother at one of their graduations. And she was so happy and was saying, like, she knew, like, they were going to do stuff with their lives and all this mess. It's just like, mm I know. I mean, I don't under, I mean, everybody deals with grief differently. And I have heard of, like, parents and stuff sticking by kids after right. they've murdered siblings or another parent. I just don't, I just, I don't understand it. Mm-mm. I think I would just really have a hard time with that. Right. Being able to forgive them. And I mean, they showed one of the twins, she had her hair all done, makeup on, everything. Just Mm-mm. happy, smiling. Orange is the new black up in there. 
She's got hair done, makeup oh, on. She had graduation cap, cap and gown. Stop. Yes, all of that. It was just, you know, normal. Just it looked like a regular graduation. And she people, got to give a speech, a valid Victorian speech. She got oh to God. give. Just crazy. So Wow. Yeah. So uh that is the life and death of Nikki Whitehead. She died at 34. Damn it. I know. I don't like that story. I don't either. It just makes me so uh, upset and sad. I just, yeah, no. It's awful. Yeah. It's really awful. There's not much you can say about Mm -mm. it. Yeah. No, it's depressing. It is. So my story takes place in Fayetteville, North Carolina. Uh, Fayetteville is the home of several museums. Yes. And is famous for being the first American city named for the Marquis de Lafayette and has a large population of close to 2,010 people. So it's like huge. Maybe. I think that's large. 200,000? 200,000. Okay. Because you said 2,010. I was like, (laughs) that's not really a lot. (laughs) 210,000. Okay. Okay. It's a lot of people. So it's a big place. And it's very historical. Yes. Okay. So I'm going to tell you about the horrific rape and murder of five-year-old Shania Davis. No. This is awful. I don't want to hear this. It's really bad. No. I don't want to hear this. You're going to you're gonna and have I'm to. And I'm done. No. Okay. okay. This is bad. I remember <sighs> seeing it on the news. And really? Yes. It was a Nancy Grace thing. On Nancy Grace. Uh, Nancy would be all on this. And I remember when I I remember when she went missing, and then when she okay. Oh goodness. Okay, so Shania Davis was born on February fourteenth, two thousand and four. Valentine's Day. Yep. To mother Antoinette Nicole Davis, and father Bradley Lockhart. Shania was described as a very happy and friendly little girl who was polite and she had great manners. Her parents did not live together. Um, Antoinette. And had gotten pregnant during a one-night stand. Really? Yes. Oh, that is like the worst thing. Yes. She was not thrilled about it. Uh, No. No. She didn't. Protection, people. Well, that too. Yeah. She did not want to be a mother to Shania. Oh. Yeah. So when she was born, Bradley raised the little girl himself. Really? Yeah. She just gave it up. Wow. Awful. Anyway, Antoinette rarely saw Shania. And then... On September 2009, 2009, nine, <laughs> so that very cut that, in September of 2009, not 19. Okay. Nine. For some reason, I thought, shoot. She was born in 2004. Okay. For some reason, yeah. I put 14 in my head. That's why okay. I, I know I probably the way I said it. Okay. So just, you know. 2004. She was born gotcha. in 2004, and then in September of 2009, Antoinette, Shania's mother, contacted Bradley stating she wanted her parental rights back. Okay. She's ready to be Shania's mommy, she says. And she wanted custody of her daughter. Has she bettered her life or anything? Or Well, she said she did. Bradley was nervous about Antoinette coming back. Um, she had struggled a lot with in the past with things including drug use. No. And unemployment and homelessness. Yeah. So this is like in the past. So she says things had gotten better. But you have to prove yourself. You can't just say like I'm better. Right. You know? I'm better. So she, she, 
you know, when he she comes back, she said her living conditions were better and she really wanted to raise Shania. Antoinette was living in a mobile home with her seven her seven-year-old son, uh, Shania's half-brother. Mm-hmm. Um, her sister Brenda, her sister's brother, her, I'm sorry, her sister's boyfriend, J. Roy Smith. Okay. And their children. Okay, so this is a big. It's a, it's a mean, trailer. It's a trailer with all these with people. a ton of people in it. But it was better is than it her a big trailer. No. Okay. But it was better than homelessness. So she, it was a step up. Okay, but is this a better environment for Shania than what she was with no. her father? No. Why would he allow this? Because he was had been taking care of a kid. He was financially, you know, strapped. Strapped. Mm. It was like difficult for him. He wanted the best for his daughter, so he thought, you know... Being with her mom. Being with her mom, get to know her mother. She, the little girl really wanted that. Right. So she... He wanted to, you know, give her an opportunity. Okay? Okay. So Bradley did what he thought was the right thing to do, and in October of 2009, he gave her a chance, and Shania went to live with her mother. He felt that Antoinette was trying to be a good mother and would take care of Shania the best she could. So he did let Shania stay over there on the weekends just to test like this a out. Trial thing. Yeah, not okay. that long. Okay. I mean, it was a month. Right. Couldn't have been that no, many. No, that times. wasn't. Anyway, but I mean, there's only four weekends exactly. in a month. Exactly. So. so roughly at the most four yeah. weekends. Oh, that went well. Okay, yes. You can live with her now. And that's how he felt. Like she did good. She loved the child. She was proving herself. Everything was fine. Gosh. So little did he know that barely a month after Shania moved in with Antoinette on November 10th, 2009, Shania would be reported missing by her mother around 6.30 a.m. No. Yep. Antoinette stated she had put Shania on the couch at roughly 5.30 a.m. that morning and returned an hour later to find her missing. 5.30 a.m.? Put her on the couch? Yeah. So I guess she had been sleeping with her brother. There was reports that she mm-hmm. was at one point sleeping with her brother. Mm-hmm. But how many rooms does this I, place have? Not many. Right. And then if she puts her on the couch and then is gone, where is she gone for an hour? Right. She's in the house. But where is she? Yeah. I mean, where where could she possibly be? Yeah. Okay. So, but she says she she's missing. She said she looked through the house and she even woke her sister Brenda and J. Roy asking them if well, they had I should seen hope she the little girl. I mean, she's I even did that, yeah, right? I even did that. So, but they, they hadn't seen her. They said, there, isn't she with you? God. So when Shania was nobody where, where to be found, Antoinette called the police. When the police arrived, they started asking questions to everyone that was at home at the time. Mm-hmm. But police had difficulty getting Antoinette and her sister Brenda to focus on the questions because they were texting nonstop. What? Yeah. My kid is missing. And but it could be. Text- couldn't it be that they're looking for her and and they're texting everybody? Yeah, and stuff. look for her. Look yeah, for her. Couldn't sure. they be doing that? Sure. So because they couldn't get much information from them, the they were taken into custody for questioning. Not into custody. They were taken into the station for, right. for, for mm. questioning. Both ladies stated that they did not know where Shania was, um, and then shortly after they were let go, they went home. Mm-hmm. An Amber Alert did go out when okay. the little girl, looking for the little girl, though. Okay. So that morning, not too- I mean, were they searching around the trailer mm-hmm. and all that? Yep. So while, po- yeah, so while police were questioning Antoinette and Brenda, um, more officers and police dogs were searching the property. 
Okay. While there searching, they found feces on the staircase and the railing outside of the trailer home. Human feces? It was, they described it as a smooth brown substance. Ew. On the staircase. And in fact, when police officers arrived initially, Mm -hmm. Antoinette was holding a pot of water and poured it over the top of the substance. So police officers told her to stop. That's disgusting. You know how I hate poo. Well, I know that, but we're talking about it. And (laughs) she's trying. So why is she trying to get rid of whatever this is? Why is poo on your? That's what I want to know. Yeah. Why do you have shit all on your? Either way, uh, your child is missing. Railing. Either way, the child is missing, and why are they looking for? Or why is she? And you're more concerned concerned about pouring water on Mm -hmm. poo. Yep. Upon further searching, they found a child's blanket covered in feces in the neighborhood in the neighbor's trash can. Oh my god! The neighbor actually said that around three a.m. she heard bumping and loud banging, and thought there was a fight going on. Did not mm. know. Um, and and that that's the same neighbor's mm-hmm. house. Where that it was found in the trash can. Trash. Had. How did they know it was child's feces? It was a child's blanket. So they just assumed covered it was. in feces. It oh, was a child's covered. blanket covered in oh, feces. Oh, okay. Later, Brenda's boyfriend Jay Roy said he had noticed the blanket it as one that had been in the living room of their home. So he's like, "That was in our living room, right?" Right. So Antoinette was then pulled back into the police station because yeah we have more questions for right you. this didn't work the first time we need we have more questions so during the second interview the next day on november 11 2009 she said she believed her boyfriend clarence co had taken little shania that she said that her boyfriend had hit the little girl earlier that morning mm-hmm. of 2000 or of uh, november 10th had hit the little girl early at that morning with when during a fight with Antoinette. So they were fighting. And then the girl got. The girl gets hit. Was this earlier than 5.30 a.m. when that happened? She didn't have a date. She didn't have a time. She just okay. said earlier that day. Earlier that day. And that she tried to stop him from taking her daughter. So now it went from no clue to, I think it's my boyfriend, he took her. This is the and, next day. Right. And then now it's like, yeah, I saw him take her and I tried to and stop him. And he hit him. her. But I didn't tell you this the day before. Right. Where, right? where the fuck is his boyfriend? Correct. So police had nothing to keep her on, so they let her go home. That night, Brenda, Antoinette's sister, saw who she says was another one of Antoinette's boyfriends show up at the house. Another? Yep. Okay. Just lots of boyfriends. Right. Well, I got none. She's got all of them. <laughs> um, anyway, his name was Mario McNeil. She hears Antoinette yelling at him saying, I don't have shit to say to you. Where's my fucking baby at? What? Yeah. He says, all right, and jumps in his car and speeds away. Okay. This is on November, the evening of November 11th. 11th, the next day. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, Brenda sees this, and with that, in addition to Antoinette's seven-year-old son mentioning that she had he had seen Mario in the house the morning she and Naya went missing. Mm-hmm. Brenda also had her own suspicions about Mario, so she reported her concerns to the police. 
Okay. She shows them a picture of him, and she she says she's concerned. Okay. So. Have a police tried to lo- locate this guy? Well, this is still, they hadn't heard about him yet. Okay. They're just okay. now. They're just now hearing She's about him. telling him. What about the first boyfriend? They had him, they had him arrested. They did arrest Sorry, him. he was okay. clearly not a big, big picture person in this, but he was arrested and was. And, and cleared him. They, he was just still arrested at this they point. Just arrested. This is just only a day. Right. So he's still in the jail. And oh, then, they held him in custody. Yes, because he was reported as being the one that took her. So Brenda then goes and says, I really think something's it's up with Mario. This other guy. Yeah. So we find out later that the texting that Brenda was doing mm-hmm. was with Mario. Wow. She had concerns and she was like, were, were you at my house? He's like, no. He's like well, can I come over? And he's like fucking talking back and forth with her. And she's like, no, you can't come over. and You don't ever come over again. And like this conversation's going on. While the cops are there. While she's trying to answer questions about where Shania is. And then she's asking. Yes. She's just trying to figure out like in her head, she thinks something's up with Mario. This I'm going to so talk to Mario. Weird. Yeah. Yep. So now they started searching for 29-year-old Mario McNeil. Right. So the investigation's underway, and the um, missing persons hotline receives a phone call from a clerk who worked at a Comfort Suites hotel. She said that she had checked in a man named Mario McNeil at around 6.15 in the morning that Shania was reported missing. Mm-hmm. She said he was kind and that he paid his bill plus a $100 security deposit in cash for the room. Mm -hmm. When she was checking him in, she said that he mentioned that he had his little girl with him and that they were traveling up north to – he was going to drop his daughter off with her mother. That they needed to stop into the hotel just for a quick rest before continuing the trip. It's a lot of information to be telling someone checking in. I know. Like, really? Yeah. So – she checks him in, he gets his keys, and he returns, uh, he goes out to his car, and he was out in his car for several minutes when the clerk said she sees him appear carrying a little girl through the back of the hotel. And she said she didn't get to look at the little girl's face, but felt that something wasn't quite right. Really? Yeah. Um, she mentioned seeing something, saying something to the clerk, she mentioned something to the clerk that relieved her so she actually got off at like seven something okay so she was it was like her last part of the day Mm -hmm. and so the next clerk comes on and so she's she mentioned something to the next person and Mm -hmm. um says keep an eye out for anything strange okay so about a half an hour after mcneil arrives he goes to the continental breakfast area and he got a banana a muffin and juice and then returned to his room okay a short while later he left carrying what looked to be the little girl asleep Wrapped in a blanket. He okay. put her in the car and drove around to the front of the hotel and checked out at the front desk. An hour later? He was there for 90 minutes. Whoa. Yep. He stated, uh, again, that he had to the new clerk that he had to get on the road to take his daughter to see her mother and that he he had to get going. So he had. Why is he saying all this stuff to them? Because he's like trying to get an I alibi or something. I don't know. Okay, okay. My my question is, does he have other children? He does. He has an 18-month-old, I believe, at, with another lady that he actually lives with. Okay, because we do not know right now if this is his child or if it's Shania. This, will we know it's Shania. 
We we do. We have video footage. Okay, because we're the gonna video get footage to shows it's her. Yes. Okay. Yes, and that's why I remembered it. Gotcha. I remembered it so vividly. So anyway, he was only at the hotel for 90 minutes. Uh, when the next day, because so that that happens and he leaves, right? And so right. we don't know anything of it. He goes, yeah. the next day, the original clerk returns to work and she noticed the Amber Alert on the computer screen. Mm-hmm. And then she spoke with the staff about her concerns about what she had dealt with the day before. Right. She brings up... Um, they, they say he was only there for 90 minutes. That's weird. And the, um, cleaning staff says that they found two baggies of white powdery substance, uh, baggies with white powdery residue. And they thought powdered it was. Powdered sugar, of course. Right. I mean, you don't know? you do that? Yeah. You bring like, well, he has sugar? a little kid. Exactly. You know, powdered sugar, of course. Ex- of course. Yes. Um, she said that they thought that it was cocaine and they just threw it away. Yeah, right. You know, you didn't, they you cleaned didn't, a lot that day. Yeah, you didn't sniff some of that. Too. Yeah. They were like putting in their teeth. I know. They're like, it's definitely coke. Rubbing it in. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. So this is what she reports. She's telling this. She's telling the police mm-hmm. and then in the, or whatever that this is what she it feels. I feel like this was her uh, because the picture looked like. Just like the girl. She said she didn't see her face, but the little girl was a biracial and her hair was Froey. I mean, it had it had girth to it. There was lots of hair. It was high, so it right. mean, like it sat up high on her head. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was carrying her in a way like you can actually see footage. It's just so frightening. Mm-hmm. Which, ugh, as a man carrying this little girl, and mm-hmm. he's carrying her in a way like you would carry, like her her behind was on her his 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 arm. arm. Okay, and then. Her legs were together, like she was sitting in a chair. Gotcha. Not like he's holding his child. He's carrying her like she's a princess. Only. Okay. And so as you see her, him carrying. You can tell the size of the child because you know the difference between an 18-month-old and a five-year-old. Correct. Right. And she's, how could you, I mean, first of all, that's a weird way to carry somebody. That is, yes. Like you're carrying an elderly woman down the stairs. You know, like, that's how he's carrying her. Yeah, that's a weird way to carry a kid because you don't normally carry them like that. No, they wrap themselves around you and they Uh help themselves. They wrap their legs around you and stuff. Yeah. No. Well, it was like she was comatose. She wasn't, though. She she was awake. She was awake. Yes. And she was holding her knees together. Together. Like intentional, like her knees were together. Right? I know. So this is the video that police end up pulling up when they go to check out their, this details from the Comfort Suites Hotel. They easily were able to find it because they knew when he checked in. So Mm -hmm. it was a quick find. And he gave his real name. And he gave his real name. That's weird too. Exactly. And his real address. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So he didn't come yeah, up with he anything. Wasn't, yeah. He wasn't prepared. So they find him and they pull him in for questioning. Mm-hmm. And he goes in. He was at his home. Yep. Okay. Yeah. They find him. He was in the car. I mean, he was, it, it was whatever it was. Wherever. You were he, easily able to find him because they uh-huh. actually had his, his, they were, I mean, so much stuff was going on because they had enough information that they probably thought it was him. Right. After they were and here. And sometimes at those hotels, they also take your driver's license. Exactly. And make a copy of it and stuff too. Yeah, but they had so. a cell phone pings and all this shit. Right. Wow. So they were like already on that on to find Especially out. Especially this is a little kid missing. Exactly. They were not playing. Yeah. They were very fast. 
Uh, not fast enough, unfortunately. But um, so about 54 minutes into questioning, he began telling a story of receiving a text message from Brenda. He said that she, it, he said it, it, he believed it to be Brenda. He didn't know. He didn't, it was he from didn't. a, no, a number he didn't number. know. Yeah. So this message says that he needs to come and pick up Shania. He said, okay, so he went and he picked up Shania off the porch and took her to a hotel room where he then ingested cocaine. He yeah, said, that makes total sense. Whatever. It's just yeah. so random. He said while he was at the hotel, he received a phone call or a text from some unknown person telling him to bring Shania to a dry cleaning establishment. He said he delivered the little girl to these unnamed people who delivered. were delivered. Yeah. Who were driving a gray Nissan Maxima. He then started talking about how he was waiting for a call to come and kill her. What? Yes. What and why? It's just so. He it doesn't, doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. No. He's kind of like telling stuff and then not sure not how to finish that half, sentence. Half truths and then mm-hmm. he's got to come up shit. He's got to come up with a reason she's you know dead. Dead. Which they haven't found her yet. Right, but he knows what he did. A lot of times when missing kids, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. Yep. I so, shouldn't say a lot of times. There's a small amount of time actually where they're killed. No, but you, they said like if they're gonna kill them, they're usually killed within. I think twenty four to forty eight hours. I think it's even sooner. like two hours. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think I. That's what I heard. I think that ended up being probably accurate for this little girl. Oh gosh. So, police look through the phone records of everyone's phone, and they find no such calls and no such text. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he was officially arrested in her kidnapping. Because he was like, they were like, well, yeah, we have you weren't told footage. to take her. You weren't told to take her, and we have footage of you. Okay, did we? Did they find the so-called text saying like from Brenda, no, or from an unknown number no. saying come get nope. her? It says they could not find any of these things. Okay, which told them that he was fucking lying. Yeah, and that he was guilty of kidnapping her because we know she's gone. We know that nobody texts you to come get her. Mm-hmm. So and we have video footage, and we have video footage of you with her. Right. So. They leave Mario alone in the questioning room for a while. Oh, God. They come back and he's acting weird or whatever. And mm-hmm. so they go and look at video footage of what was he doing while he was in there. Mm-hmm. Video footage shows him sticking a paperclip in the electrical socket what? and zapping himself. Oh, you're trying to kill yourself, electrocute yourself while you're in there? Yeah. I think it's going to take more than a paper clip. Dumbass. <laughs> anyway, so he gets zapped and he... Why don't you take that paper clip and try to slice your wrist? That, would, be, he that would have been better. It. Anyway, yeah. so he... Stick it up your ass. Right. <laughs> hate him. <laughs> anyway, so he takes off his shoes because he's probably like gotten grounded or whatever. So oh, he takes God. his shoes off and he does it again. And he does not succeed. He's stupid. Yeah. That is so dumb. Guilty. Guilty as sin. Yeah. So. And doesn't he realize there's footage? footage? Come on. I know. He, maybe he's, he was hoping he's he was like, dead He's like, I'll first. be dead. I'll be exactly. dead. Exactly. It's worth it. He's an idiot. Okay. So a massive search is underway when Mario's attorney tells detectives to look in a specific area around these green porta potties. Mm-hmm. Like he gives them like this highway, this street, got to do. Go down there and you'll mm-hmm. find porta potties. Go find her. So when they arrive to the area, they find a ton of porta potties. There's just tons of porta potties. They're like, we can't narrow this down. I don't understand why there were porta potties like that. 
I don't understand. <laughs> I don't get that. I don't either. understand. What is what is that? The, I think the area was a. Um, well, I know the area was a hunting area. So do they oh. have porta potties in the? I did not know. I don't who go cleans hunting. that shut? Who cleans that shit up? I uh, porta potty company. Tons of them. I wonder if you make good money doing too that. many porta potties. They have so many porta potties there. There's that I many mean, hunting, shitting in that. God damn it. <laughs> anyway, so they go and there's too many porta potties. So they were like, we need more information. How many fucking porta potties was there? <laughs> but I think it was like porta like several and then several. And but I don't I don't understand. Oh my god. I don't know. But they were it maybe was it's a big time. forest. Either way, it was something. killing. Either way, it was killing time. Oh my they were gosh, like, that's a we ton. We need more information to narrow this down. So. Porta potty Mar- graveyard. Oh my god, is that what that was? Maybe, maybe so. <laughs> so I can't imagine. I can't. Anyway, so Mario goes, "Look where the hunters killed deer." That's his second little tidbit. Oh my god. So this tip did help narrow down their search. Did that really? Because hunters killed deer are like in the forest, and the forest is pretty big. Well, it gets more specific than that, but his language killed deer is just so so small well that's awful where they kill deer and then this is where this child is it's like gross. an animal it's definitely like an animal so on november 16th 2009 at 1 p.m my parents anniversary oh my god yeah, okay. a detective and his search dog were able to find little shania's remains uh. she was mixed in a bunch of overgrowth weeds and under and her body was like under part her part of her body was under a log Oh, like try to cover it or something, or oh, damn it. Oh. Um, and there were dead deer carcasses all around. Oh my so, like, god! Probably wouldn't tour. Maybe there was. Maybe he thought animals would get. I'm her. I'm gonna throw her where animals are. To get her, maybe maybe the, he knows that animals feed off that. I'm gonna throw her like she's a piece of exactly. carcass. Exactly. Well, that's exactly right. Yeah. And she was wearing a dark shirt and panties. Okay. Uh. So autop- autopsy results show that she had. Tears and bruising in her va- in her vagina and her rectum, Fuck her. indicating severe trauma. Yeah, and sexual assault, rape. Yeah, rape, not sexual assault. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she died from asphyxiation. Mm. Um, that's usually how they kill kids. Mm-hmm. But that's terrible. Mario did not act alone. I didn't think so. Shania's mother, Antoinette. Owed Mario $200 for drugs. $200? Yeah. Is this child's life? Uh, yeah. That's how much her child is worth to her. Of course, she didn't know this girl. This no, girl, true. you know, she had no bond. Mm-mm. Obviously never had a maternal bond to Mm-mm. her. So she's just property. Yeah. That's sad. Yep. So he had shown up to her house on that November morning telling Antoinette that she had better pay him mm. or she had better have sex with him for repayment. Why didn't you just fuck him? That's what I'm saying. I mean, come on. Yeah. It had been over in five minutes. Well, yeah. Come on. And you know you've done it before. Exactly. Anyway, she told him no and she'd offered up Shania instead. Are you fucking kidding me? Take my child. She actually said, I thought he was just going to have sex with her. And I bet she did think that. That's gross. Um, however, yeah, it's okay to fuck a kid. However, the feces-covered staircase, mm-hmm. railing, and blanket indicated that little Shania was raped in her home. Oh, my God. Before she was seen 
alive, awake, awake and alive at the hotel. Um, I, why was her feces? Well, if she was, was sodomized, like from the sodomized. Yeah. Okay, and I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe don't, it was on the blanket. Maybe it what, happened on the blanket, on blanket and then and she maybe, threw the blanket out. Maybe yeah, that's to get weird. it out of there, and then it fell down the stairs, right. and then they had to trash it. We want it. too many details, and no, I don't want okay. those details. I just I'm assumed. curious about the feces. Maybe and stuff I hope like he that. wiped his dick on the fucking thing and got he a splinter did or some uh, fucker. I hope he got splinters on the fucking railing. I, I hope he got some disease from feces. I hate him. I know. Anyway, oh my god. So this is so terrible. So he's just like, okay, yeah, I'll I'll fuck a little five year old. Sure. Yeah, it's two hundred dollars. I don't even get that that Ugh. thinking. I don't get. I don't that like thinking. it. I don't like it. Yeah. And to think that the aunt and uncle didn't hear it. Uh-huh. They heard. They had to. It's a fucking trailer. I mean, the guy had to have been yelling for his money, and she had to have been crying. Yes. Anyway, so vomit. Um, so Mario takes her to the hotel. She was seen awake and alive by a guest who was heading down to get an early breakfast. So when he mm-hmm. walks her in, mm-hmm. he's carrying her in mm-hmm. that weird way. That weird way. Which you've got to see the video footage of. Mm, I don't want to. You have to. And um, he notices. He takes note of that. The way he's like, she, he wasn't holding her in a very loving, oh, it affectionate looked, way. It looked weird. It didn't yes. look like how a father would be holding no, a daughter. No, it looks like you're holding a child in a chair. I mean, the way it's like no connection there. It was no. Right. You don't hold kids like that. Yeah. It doesn't even look easy. Um, so he was going to this guest was going to get breakfast and sees him carrying her in a very strange way. He looked at her and the little girl looked at him and she held up her hand as if to wave. Oh, yep. Um, so when Mario took her out of the hotel 90 minutes later, the janitor was cleaning up the outdoors area. And when Mario walked past him, he felt something was really off and uh, with the way he was carrying her. Mm-hmm. And so this uh, janitor mm-hmm. took note of everything and carefully watched without being noticed. Mm-hmm. Um, he was watching Mario as he put Shania into the back seat, drove around to the front of the hotel to check out, and then drove down the highway and put her body in um an area that would smell of decomposition and hope she wouldn't be found right so trial was not that long Mm -hmm. i mean jury within seven hours was like and done yeah um on may 29 2013 mario mcneil was charged with first degree murder first degree kidnapping sexual offense of a child indecent liberties with a child human trafficking and sexual servitude in connection with Shania's death. And he's currently living in prison on death row. Oh, he got sentenced to death. Sentenced to death. And I don't know where that went on my writing, but he was sentenced to death. And so he's still alive. He was actually one of, he's like 158th person convicted. Uh, Of of death in Georgia. Where is that? North Carolina. North Carolina. Carolina. Yeah. Wow. So then on October 18th, 2013, Antoinette Davis entered an Alford plea. Mm-hmm. Um, and an Alford plea, for anyone who doesn't know, because I was just like, what does that mean? Oh. Um, allows her to plead guilty while maintaining her innocence. Mm-hmm. Meaning like they have she- enough evidence to convict her, but she's saying, I didn't do it. And that's so when she goes out of jail, she mm-hmm. can go get a job. Right. And not say that she 
completed was convicted of yeah. of a felony crime or right. or nor did she plead guilty because some of those right. questions ask you do you plead guilty or were you convicted right. and, uh-huh. and this allows her to say no and be truthful no. mm-hmm which is disgusting. It is. So she enters an Alfred plea to second degree murder, human trafficking, first degree kidnapping, first degree sexual offense, felony, child abuse with prostitution, child abuse involving a sex act, sex act, sexual servitude, indecent liberties with a child, and conspiracy to commit sexual offense of a child. And was sentenced between 210 and 261 months in prison. And so it ends up being like 14, 17 years, something like that. And That's she'll it. be out probably less than that. Yes. And she was only 29. Really? So she's still going to live her life? She'll be in wife. her 40s. And your kid didn't get to live her life no. at all? No. What, did uh, the father say anything after this? Like, do you know of anything? He that- was, oh my God. He was so disturbed. He was just like, you know, how did I not, you know, how did I put my daughter into this? Mm -hmm. Like he was, while she was missing for six days, he was just on the the news all the time, like Mm -hmm. crying and begging for someone to bring her back. And he Mm -hmm. was just like, I'll never give up on you. Mm -hmm. Don't give up on yourself. Like we're going to find you. You're going to be fine. We're going to get you back. Like whoever has her. Then when they found out that it was Mario, he was pleading to Mario, please Mario. I know you had my daughter. Mm -hmm. Just put her down and we'll let it go. Like type of a thing. Like he was just over it he was just like how did i how did i make such a mistake correct yeah so that is that's awful that's gross that is terrible i know that is really bad i know it's so bad i don't like it either but i remember it happening and it's been like on my mind i wanted to check up on it anyway Mm -hmm. um because i vividly remember them finding her and seeing that video and how haunting it is to see him carrying her like that and she was just calmly being carried um and later when they were you know police or people on nancy grace or whatever were just like the way she was holding her legs like that also Mm -hmm. were an indication that she had been previously assaulted And that she was just trying to protect herself, and mm-hmm. so she was scared. Poor thing. And Can't well how aware scary that is because she doesn't even know this guy, and no. he had already raped her, and then Correct. she's going off to this place with him. <sighs> yeah. So That's... there's really nothing good to say. About no, that. there oh, isn't. The catch-up on that is um, the brother, who was seven, seven. just two, two years older than her. Mm-hmm. Um, so she right now would be. 13, 14, mm-hmm. which makes me so sad. I know. And then um, her brother was murdered. Really? Yeah. So that was just a random. Do you know like what of or anything? He or, was just like, killed. Or... He was killed for, I think, probably with the people he was hanging out with type Gosh, of thing. Yeah. That's sad. So, yeah. Oh, that's just... so, she, so, so Antoinette has no kids. Yeah, she has no kids unless she has more. She could still have more. Oh, she, oh, I lied. She was fucking pregnant. I don't know where that was, but she was pregnant. She was pregnant when this happened. She was pregnant when this happened? Yes. She had the baby. I don't know where that was in my notes. Oh, gosh. So she had the baby and the baby's with family. Wow. Not fair. Well, she's probably like almost out of prison now, right? No, because this was 2000 and, you know, what did I say that was? Oh, when did this? Oh, okay. She was in she 2013. A... Okay. She has, okay. 2013 when she was? She was Entered the Alfred plea in 2013. Okay, no, she still so has a 261 bit. months. Okay. But I don't know if they're going to go back on that and go, you serve so many. They will. So then, yeah. Mm-hmm. So basically. They will. So she's. It's just not enough time. No. Not enough time. 
No. She so should have she a death sentence. About it. She should have a death sentence too. Mm-mm. Yeah, she should be. I just want to know what the aunt and the uncle heard. There's no way. And you know the brother heard, heard that shit. Yeah. Because he was like, well, Mario was here. You know. That's so. Yeah. Uh, I, I just wonder if that was her intent. The whole, all along? Yeah. Like she only I had her for so. a month. I think so. Yeah. So I wonder, like, if it, what had happened? Did this happen? Did something like had happen- she already talked to this guy about this or yes. something like that? Did this? She like, already. She knew that he liked children. Yeah. Well, and of course. She, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. That's what I'm. I'm thinking. She probably did. She is a horrible human being. And then in court, to add to all of it, mm-hmm. oh my God, I forgot. I didn't even tell you this, but I am now. But in court, when they were going over the description of Shania's. Find like finding her mm-hmm. and the autopsy report. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Mario's fucking family was laughing and joking. What during? They were laughing. Yeah. How can you? And laugh? the judge was like, "I, you will not do that in my court." Like he he stopped it. He's like, "You get Whoa, out." Oh, that's. Sick. And so, of course, that was awful to that her dad. That shows where he comes from. That shows where he comes from. Yeah. Evil. So Shania was – she was beautiful, by the way. She was gorgeous little girl. I mean, mm. she was – and you could tell how well she was taken care of by her dad. Mm. Her, she was dressed well. Her mm-hmm. hair was cute. She mm-hmm. had accessories. Like, she was – had her photos taken professionally. Really? Yeah. She was – you could tell. And she was That's happy. So happy little girl. Had friends. Um. And so her dad was just like, you were laughing at my daughter. Yeah. Like, I, you took her away from me. You didn't have to kill her. And you think this is funny? Yeah. How dare you? How dare you? Yeah. That's disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. That's awful. So, yeah. yeah. That's that. Oh, that's awful sick. story. Yeah, that's awful. It's almost like, what can we say happy to change this? It's my birthday. It's your birthday. We just what covered This is what we did on my birthday. Stories. What did you do on your birthday? I was in Vegas. Well, fuck you. <laughs> so, yeah, that's it. If you guys, what did you think of it? Let us yeah, know. Let us know. Um, so, again, contact us on our social medias. We have a Twitter. Um, we are going to We have that a out. good Twitter name now. So, we're WTF True Crime Pod. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to do something on there. Yeah, we got to figure Twitter, Twitter out, but tweet us. Tweet us. Tweet us We'll there. tweet you. Um, we're on Instagram. Yep. So we're on uh, What the F Podcast and also on Facebook, What the F Podcast. We have a new discussion group, so come there. There's a couple people in there I saw. I know. We need more than a couple. <gasps> we need a couple. And you guys need to talk that are in there. Yeah. <laughs> Get in there and talk to us. Let us let's know what talk you think. About, yeah, let's talk about these cases. Let's talk about other crazy stuff going on in the news. Let's just do it. Yeah. Let us know what you thought about these fucking nightmares. These horrific things. Poor baby. And give us suggestions if you guys have. Yeah. Let us know what you want us to talk about. And then give us a five-star review. We love. While you're at it. uh, Yeah. Do that. It doesn't take you but a second. I know. Log in. Log in. Five-star. It's easy. Yeah. And And share us. Yeah. That's like the best thing. Just share us with your friends, family true crime community and we're gonna keep trying to do this weekly thing yeah i mean this is our year 
yes. anniversary. Oh yeah, did we say? Did we already say that we're yeah. one year in? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it feels like a long. <laughs> that was episode. that was a while ago. It was a while so, ago. It's the beginning of the show. I know, God. Okay. So yeah, it's so a one year in. <laughs> Celebrate yeah. with us. Yes. Okay, guys. Thank Woo-hoo. you so much. Thank Everything you. always. Yeah. Until next time. Until next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you.